Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, today we're going to talk about helping patients with their rehabilitation through exoskeletons and even humanoid robots. Now, founded in 2015, our guest for today, Foria Intelligence, aims to redefine rehabilitation robotic solutions by integrating interconnectable intelligent robotics technology with creativity. Now, so far, the firm provides over 30 products. Products and 200 solutions that can assist patients with upper and lower body impairments, as well as those with difficulties with movements and balance. Now, why are we speaking to Fourier Intelligence? You might ask. Well, it may be early days for robots in the rehabilitation industry right now, but the space holds tremendous potential. Now, for one thing, Grandview Research valued the global rehabilitation robots market at. Two hundred and twenty-six million U.S. dollars in 2021. It also expects the market to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 17.3 percent from 2022 to 2030, amid a rise in healthcare spending and an aging population in maturing economies. So, what are the opportunities ahead for Fourier Intelligence? And just to get you excited as well, Fourier Intelligence also debuted what's said to be the world's first general-purpose humanoid robot for use in. Rehabilitative care and scientific research, but what does the invention mean for the firm? Lots of questions put together, and for more, I've got with me Zenko, co-founder and global CEO of Fourier Intelligence. Zen, welcome. Thank you, Tantian, for having me. Great to have you on board, and really exciting stuff that you guys are doing at Fourier Intelligence.、Uh, but first things first,、uh, we've talked about Fourier Intelligence being a company that seeks to integrate rehabilitation robots with creativity. But let's hear from you、uh, in layman terms. How would you describe the products and services you provide and your value proposition? Yes, Tantian. I I think、um, for us,、um, introducing technologies into healthcare, particularly for rehab, is not All about introducing the most cutting edge technology. I think it should be more about creating a meaningful impact on rehabilitation, collective co-、uh, collaboratively with、uh, clinicians and researchers. So we want to create technological solutions that are affordable and accessible. So what's the point of having a piece of technology that nobody can afford in healthcare settings, right? So I think that set us apart. So instead of offering an overpriced Overly comprehensive product and with too many features that each time only one patient can use, we we decided to go the other way.、Uh, we decided to offer simplified, no frills solutions、uh, that are highly integrated, easy to use, and seamlessly integrated to create a comprehensive and complete solution.、Um, so clinicians can have a、um, easy way、um, to actually、uh, a more efficient way to actually handle their patients. So, if I may give you an example, like you know, your laptop, right?、Um, the last thing you want is to go to the shop, buy the keyboard, buy the monitor, buy the mouse, and try to do the programming yourself and make it work. And this is the situation now in the clinical settings. Clinicians are buying from multiple companies, and all these products are not integrated together. So, the clinical integration into the clinical pathway is very challenging for them. So, we introduced the rehab hub.、Um, this is basically like a、um, group therapy concept that is.、Uh, Seamlessly integrated, so it's an ecosystem that enhances user experience, improves the efficiency, and therefore overall satisfaction. So the rehab hub basically combines upper and lower extremity robotics assessment tools and using gamification or functional training to make it engaging both for the clinicians, also for the 
the, the patients. So this create um, you know an improved recovery outcome because uh, patients will want to participate, um, and then there are more interactions. So this is not really a fresh approach. Various companies try to do that, but piecemeal. So we try to do it in a more uh, comprehensive manner. So we 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 introduce innovative and user friendly robotic solutions for healthcare facilities. So this actually have to strike a balance because like I earlier mentioned, you can always introduce the most cutting edge technology, but then the clinician find it very difficult to use. So therefore, I always emphasize that the technology must be meaningful and create clinical outcome that's positive. Yeah. I suppose you make, you know, robots that help with rehabilitation from, let's say, your your hands, your legs, as well as the, the whole body to help people stand. So you're saying that you have different robots that does specific functions, but yet when you sell it per se to the hospitals and all that, you sell it as a hub where all of these robots are integrated. Is that correct? Um, yes and no. Um, rehab is very unique. Um, each of the patient, um, if you talk about new rehab, if they have an episode, um, their symptoms or the, 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 the symptoms can be very different uh, because uh, depending on their previous condition if they have high blood pressure diabetes uh, each of the patients exhibit very different kind of um, symptoms some of them can have a very severe uh, limitations in their functions some of them may have very mild symptoms so there's no one size fit all solutions so different clinics and institutions also have different focus some of them will focus on upper extremity some of them will focus low extremity OTPTs also have different focus as well so um, we do offer solution in piecemeal um, but as they expand the continuum of care, they need more solutions. So we want to offer them this opportunity to upgrade. For example, right, um, you buy a laptop and you, you want to add a speaker. That must be possible, right? Because the last thing you want is that you have a laptop. You say, okay, I want to buy the headphone or I want to buy the speaker. But then that cannot, that's not compatible. You have to even do your own programming, do your own hard wiring. Then that's crazy. And that's what's happening now. Uh, clinicians bought a piece of technology for their current needs. But along the way, the, the needs um, changes or increase. They need more more technology, but that cannot be done because the current solution just limit them. They had to buy another totally new system. So what we offer as a rehab hub um, is a comprehensive, comprehensive solution for clinics that need the entire solution at one go. But they can also get it in piecemeal as they grow uh, in their needs and their you know um their 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 services. Yeah. Right. And appreciate if you could get this question out of the way early on. Zen, Fourier Intelligence present in over 57 countries with distributors and the various markets. Take us through your global presence and who are your customers then? Um, right from the start, we, we have... We wanted to be a global facing company. I think technology should not have barrier, particularly healthcare technology. Um, but there's no one size fits all solution. Um, every country is, they are different. So we, we strategically partner with a network of very dedicated sub distributors. But actually, we like to prefer them as sales partner instead of distributors. So they are very instrumental in our global market penetration. They have in that knowledge of their local markets, um, you know, culture, uh, language, and also local policies. And, these partners will be trained uh, before they are, uh, you know, um, integrated into our global expansion um, partnerships. So they are very important uh, because they help us um, conduct training, installations, and after-sales services. This is important because um, in our view, uh, MacTech view, um, it is important that the partners are well-trained and understand how to use the technologies. I, I, I like to use this example. Huh? Um, I can sell you the best Ferrari, but if you're not a good driver, you'll crash the car. So <laughs> you need to make sure that the clinicians know how to use the device or else 
you know, the device is just a white elephant. So local partners will ensure that technology are well used. So therefore, create good value proposition. So we need a very committed local partners. So this is important for us to ensure that our technology will be, you know, implemented uh, in a good way so the patients will benefit from it. So our business model, basically, we have product sales. That's obvious. We sell products and that's generate revenue directly from us. We also offer uh, licensing partnership, even profit sharing. So this is unique particularly for rehab robotics, because previously the other companies are smaller. They are not able to offer that. Mostly they do direct sales. Um, so we also offer subscription services. Uh, so this also reduce the commitment or, or the capital outlay uh, to, to actually um, you know acquire technologies for clinical settings. So customers-wise, basically we obviously work with healthcare institutions. Yeah. Um, so like hospitals, rehab centers. Um, we also cater to individual users. Um, but these are not, uh, this, this is growing now. Um, previously, we only work with healthcare institutions. So it's B2B. Now we also have um, individual customers coming to us. Uh, but we normally um, deal with them through institutions and our sales partners. Um, we have uh, a growing uh, research and education institutions that are working with us, acquiring our technologies for research and education purposes, like universities and labs. Um, obviously, our sales partners are our part, consider our uh, uh, customers as well. So basically, our entire business model is based on collaboration and adaptability. We want to make sure that technologies developed will be delivered to the customers. Yeah. Mm. And just a very quick one here, if I may sidetrack, how far is Fourier Intelligence a profit-making company at this point? Or do you run on VC funding? Because I understand you are backed by Saudi Aramco's Prosperity 7 Venture. Right. Um, we we were actually briefly profitable, but uh, unforeseen challenges of you know the, the second COVID shutdown in China actually impacted our market shares. So currently we're on a trajectory of recovery. Um, so particularly in Chinese market we are growing. Um, so the global team outside of China basically we are uh, nearing like self sustainability. So yes, we are supported by like really good partners like Saudi Aramco, Prosperity Seven, SoftBank, um, Vision Fund. Etc. Um, so they they have supported supported our vision in and allowing us to actually prioritize in delivering the, delivering um, innovative and high quality products instead of chasing uh, after quick wins. Uh, but we are not entirely re- relying on investment to sustain our growth. So um, just like you know, the last three years uh, we have been registering more than fifty percent growth outside of China. Yeah. So we expect to uh, return to profitability in twenty twenty four. Yeah, but we also invest, uh, having said that, we have also invested a lot of our revenues into R&D, particularly in, in the human robotics. Yeah, so we have to find a balance in that. Yeah. Mm. And you talked about growth outside of China. So let's talk about that. You know, where revenues and profits are concerned, which is the most important market for you? And what is then the role of the Singapore market? Yes. So at the moment, uh, China is still our largest uh, market. Yeah. So we generate most of revenues in China. Um, I think second after it will be Southeast Asia and Europe. Um, so um, we, we basically operate in Singapore and China. So China is our factory and my, my business partner is based in China. So China generate, generate quite a big chunk of the revenues for us. Yeah. Mm. And let's take a look at the wider business environment. Then uh, Grandview Research valued the global market for rehabilitation robotics, I believe, at uh, $226 million US dollars in 2021. And this is expected to grow at a CAGR of 17.3% from 2022 to 2030. Now, is that the CAGR we are looking at for Fourier Intelligence and what's driving growth in the near to medium term? Yes, we, we felt that the... Um, 
global rehab market is actually witnessing a significant growth. Uh, we, we are seeing more interest and, and we're getting more attention as well. So the projection is very aligned. Uh, in fact, we, we are anticipating achieving at least a 20% growth rate this year. So I'm quite optimistic and bullish about it, pending <laughs> any black swan event, hopefully no more. <laughs> so I think the, the outcome is um, increasing, particularly uh, in our field, because you know we see a huge um, demand in introducing technology to to cater for a lack of clinicians and also increasing um, patients due to aging populations, particularly in our region. So they need e- effective solutions um, to, to actually you know, offer intensive, um, high-repetition um, training. So, so we believe the adoption of rehab robotics is, is not a, a, a good to have now. It's considered a must-have kind of situation for us. Yeah. So I think the global spending in terms of healthcare is also on the rise. We are, we are also witnessing increased allocations um, in terms of funding for rehab services, um, especially in developed or maturing countries. So, um, so this, this is um, important because it, help, it propels the demand for rehabilitation and therefore rehabilitation technologies and robotics. And people are also prioritizing health and well-being. We, we see private and even like, you know, some um, uh, smaller clinics um, having patients inquiring about technologies to actually, um, you know, support their, their, their therapy sessions. So we are investing a lot in R&D now. So we are offering more wearable technologies. We are also venturing and increasing our presence in home-based, community-based rehab. So this is also driving our growth as well. Mm-hmm. Right, I see. And let's take a look at some recent developments surrounding the firm. Zenforia Intelligence had in August last year launched its Advanced Rehab Robotics Center in Malaysia. Now, question is, what was the rationale behind launching the center specifically in Malaysia and not Singapore? And in what way does the center position yourself for future growth? Okay, so <laughs> the establishment of the Advanced Rehab Robotics Center, we call it the ARRC in, in Malaysia, was actually a strategic decision um, driven by several factors. So basically, it is an integrated center where we conduct clinical research, conduct product training certification, host research seminars, workshops for knowledge sharing, and also to showcase our innovative concepts like the Rehab Hub and the Rehabilitation 4.0 that we have been advocating for the past um, two decades, right? So the initial plan for the ARRC was um, actually very overdue by two years due to the pandemic. but however, this delay actually allows us to fine tune our approach a little bit. Um, so um, it's important that um, we do note huh, that we actually plan to set up a similar ARC in Singapore. Um, but it is now work in progress due to several challenges. Um, we are also seeking um, local institutional partnerships and funding support to meet this reality. Location and the um, um, accessibility is important because we want to ensure optimization uh, of the usage, uh, optimized usage of the, the center. Um, so the decision to start with Malaysia was actually um, based on very practical considerations. We have a larger team in Malaysia compared to Singapore. Um, so therefore, it's easier for us to provide the necessary manpower to manage and operate the center effectively. Um, also, additionally, we have... Um, access to very favorable locations and strong local um, governmental support in Malaysia. So the center in Malaysia complements our operations in Singapore. So Singapore serves as our headquarters and a hub for management. Malaysian center allows for a, you know, broader operation scope. So it serves as a testing ground for our new technologies and approaches and also allows our innovation to develop in a controlled environment. And, you know, proximity is also uh, 
key because Malaysia is not far away. Yeah. So um, Malaysia obviously is cost effective in terms of operation and labor costs, and therefore uh, it's it's a no brainer for us to start first in Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Zenko, co-founder and global CEO of Fourier Intelligence. And from recent developments, uh, let's switch gear to talk about your product pipelines. And the firm had in July last year debuted what's said to be the world's first general-purpose humanoid robot called the GR1 at the World Artificial Intelligence Conference in Shanghai. We are talking about robots that are 1.65 meters in height can perceive its immediate surroundings and they're set to be used in a number of settings like uh, rehabilitative care and scientific research. This sounds exactly like a scene out of the movie iRobot. Tell us more about the use cases and what do they mean for for intelligence? Um, Tian actually the, the debut of the general purpose robotic GR1, uh, the human robotic at the World Artificial Intelligence Conference, WAIC in Shanghai, came as a surprise to our team as well. <laughs> um, you know, um, while we develop rehab robotics technologies, we dabble with um, different components um, to ensure that we can deliver the, the state-of-the-art, uh, most up-to-date technologies in the healthcare settings. So we started introducing the Rehab Hub Specialized Robotics. But in, in, in order to push the frontier of science, we test different components. We, we have different setup. So human robotic, quad legal robotics are some of the, the pet projects we do in the lab. And the local government in Shanghai saw these prototypes and they were very impressed. So they invited us strongly <laughs> to, to showcase our prototypes at WAIC. We initially declined because we thought we were not ready. So the outcome was overwhelming. We were surprised by the outcome as well. So we are being pushed forward um to showcase and eventually to even like you know um um present the human robotics in the DWAC and thereafter. Um so this is really beyond our expectations. Um and the feedback actually um prompt our Shanghai team to shift their focus towards the commercialization of the human robotics um, because we start to recognize the potential impacts on various sectors. Um, our core identity still lies in healthcare and we have robotics, right? So we think that the use case for GR1, or the human robotics, uh, will be extend beyond uh, rehab, rehabilitative care. But the other applications beyond healthcare delivery, um, this to be honest, we had to engage partners. So I think the, the, the debut of the GR1 also helped us uh, identify partners who can um, develop uh, human robotics applications in other sectors that we are we have no domain expertise. Yeah. So we will continue to focus on um, trying to use human robotics for you know assistance um, for old uh, elderly cares, you know, um, for disability disabilities or maybe in the activity of daily living ADL. So or maybe companionship. Yeah, so this this will still be our focus um, using robotics for healthcare, um, but we are seeking partnerships to continue developing the the human robotics uh, for other sectors. I think this will be our Shanghai China team focus. The global team will be focusing on the rehab robotics. So, like I earlier mentioned, we are exploring partnerships with domain experts for other use case. Um, so at the moment, uh, our Shanghai team is looking at like you know using the robotics for receptionist services, industry application, logistics, even like uh, food and beverages industry. Uh, yeah. So uh, Singapore team will be focusing on the rehab uh, applications, and we are we are now working with some uh, local partners and research partners in um, 
fine-tuning the human robotics to do some test case. But I suppose your core identity still lies in healthcare, yeah? Yes. And uh, looking ahead, Zen, I understand that the firm is also building a network of researchers to chart the frontier of innovative medical technologies. Uh, some strategic partners include uh, Shirley Ryan, Ability Lab in Chicago, the National Healthcare Group in Singapore, and the University of Melbourne. How would you assess a relationship with these players and what are some exciting developments we can look forward to? Mm. So um, we work with Chicago, Sherry Ryan, Toronto, Kite, ETH, uh, University of Melbourne, NHG. So they, they are important because um, as a company, um, it is important, especially a technological company that um, actually delivers solutions in healthcare sectors. We, ha- we have to be always at the forefront of technology. Um, that requires us to invest heavily into R and D, uh, but we want to focus on app, um, application, um, you know, um, science instead of like you know fundamental research because this will cost a lot of resources and funding. Um, so working with these uh, esteemed organizations who have a lot of experience in um, clinical application, clinical integration technologies allows us to actually push the frontier of science while focusing on delivering um, commercially viable technology. Um, so our collaboration has always has been um, more than just like you know, a lab and an institution. So we work very closely um, in jointly defining the, the next generation technology and to identify the usability and the applications of our technology uh, and the clinical trials and the testing of technologies. So uh, for example, with the University of Melbourne, um, we, we have a project that um, they, they actually work for about eight years. Uh, we were responsible to do the technologies uh, it was a technology transfer so we were responsible for the commercialization of it we spent two years on it and this particular technology is now called the uh, Arm Motors email that won five international um, awards which is the only one in the world that did that and it has been very well accepted so I think it's a win-win uh, clinical or, or academic academic institutions but they can focus in what they are doing best and we can focus in what we can do best in terms of introducing and transferring technology into like you know uh, the commercial sectors yeah and uh, well as much as we like to talk about exciting plans surrounding the firm we also like to talk about funding the plans so any future funding plans in store in the coming year uh, what else can we look forward to in 2024 before i let you go um yes indeed we are closing one round unfortunately i cannot <laughs> review too much details. What I can tell you is that uh, the Saudi Aramco Prosperity 7 will be participating in this round. The other um, investors at the moment, um, I, I can't really review too much. Um, so this round will be uh, will, will, will allow us to actually invest more into the human robotics um, uh, development. Yeah. So probably we will be able to announce it uh, in March. Yeah. Right, keep a lookout for that coming up in March. Thanks a lot, Zen. That was Zen Co, co-founder and global CEO of Foria Intelligence. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.